Torah isn't education, it's transformation. This is Chai Chinuch with Rabbi G. 101.9 Chai FM, Chai Chinuch with Rabbi G. We are back, as we do every Monday between 2 to 3, and we discuss all the important topics of how to make ourselves better people, how to make improvements in our lives, in our communities, in our families, in the world, really on every level. What can we do better? What can we learn? What can we achieve? And today we are going to have a fascinating discussion, and just to clarify, as usual, uh, with Rabbi Dr. David Nussel, who is a has a special interest in the biomedical approach of to ch- treating developmental, emotional, and educational challenges in children and adults. And we have so much to speak about. And I, I did get quite a few comments from people before this show regarding the topics, the interest about around what uh, Rabbi Dr. Nussel does. And obviously, any questions you have, anything you want to share, you want to add, you want to agree or disagree, you want to challenge us, really, anything. You are invited to share your comments, your thoughts, your questions, or anything you would want us to address on either the SMS line, 34519 is the SMS line, 34519, or Telegram, 061-895-1019, 061-895-1019. Today we're going to go straight into it. Good afternoon, Rabbi Dr. David Nussel. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Rabbi G. An honor and joy to be here with you. Okay, so we have so much we need to cover today and so many topics and so many discussions. Beforehand, in one minute, give us a bit about your practice, your interest. I know I've heard from so many directions about the uh, unbelievable work you're doing here. Um, Share it with us. Thank you. Thank you for your kind uh, comments as well. So in one minute to summarize uh, what I do, I am a general practitioner. I am not a specialist. However, I have... Um, on my, uh, on you're my, not, but your, your reputation as a special interest is very, very wide throughout everywhere. Thank you. Thank you. So I, I, not uh, that general. What I, thank you. So what I have been blessed with, and it really is a blessing, is I have had the opportunity to learn about, engage in, and practice a more expanded um, approach to medicine and what that entails is really trying to understand the underlying mechanisms what we call in medicine the pathophysiology the uh, disease process which underlines a lot of what we are seeing in our communities in our population nowadays um, and things which are generally painted as being of uh, what's called uh, idiopathic, which is just a fancy term for saying we don't know what's going on over here, uh, are really can be explained and can be understood. And if we have an explanation and an understanding of them, so we can treat them. Um, and so it's trying to understand the underlying basis of the conditions and how to treat them. And both of those are things which I had to really look into and discover postgraduate after I have qualified with my basic general degree. Okay. So, you know, we're sitting here across the table, and and I do consider that we're friends as well. Uh, However, we we 
I'd say we come from two different areas completely in life. People come to me when the child is in chaos or all over the place and sit in my room and I'll say, okay, tell me what's happening. On your side, people come with the same thing and you could say, okay, let's do some blood work. What are you looking for in that blood work? Right. So I guess when I defined what I do, I never went into the specifics, which uh, in your introduction to, uh, to introducing me, uh, you did talk about. And so a lot of what I do is trying to help people who are experiencing difficulties in day-to-day functionality. Okay. So as opposed to some of the more um, common symptoms of a general practice, which include uh, sore throat, uh, infections, uh, you know, bread and butter of a general practice. Uh, I'm more involved in helping people with uh, difficulties in learning and in communicating and in social behaviors. Okay. And so to, to say pretty much when a general practitioner, when the patient is feeling down or not as good or worse, then they go to the general practitioner to go back to normal. By you, they come to you with their normal and you're saying, okay, let's improve. Let's learn how to be healthier. Let's learn how to behave better. Let's learn how to be in a better physical space that can affect everything in life. So you're growing up from the baseline. Right. Okay. But what might be a little bit different to some uh, of uh, the approaches is that I'm interested in finding out, is there an underlying body means wellness issue, which is causing the difficulty in functionality. Okay. So I'm assuming that there are different kinds of uh, underlying body issues that can cause this challenge or, or affect behavior or affect uh, functioning or success, etc. Let's start with more of the common ones. I think you mentioned earlier, uh, not in, in live, but as we were speaking, we speak about toxicity. Uh, what is that? Maybe we could start there. Okay. So, yes, um, possibly the two most impactful uh, areas of body wellness or the lack thereof um, are the areas of detoxification okay. and the area of inflammatory control. I think that uh, possibly inflammation is better known. It's, uh, is what you're saying different inflammation? No. Okay. No, it's the same, 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 same the same, uh, same difficulty. It's the same okay. problem. So those are two of the main issues that I deal with and that I look to, uh, to find out if they're present and I can test for them. And, um, but they, uh, I could, to give you a more, uh, overview, a better overview, I would say that there are actually six. There okay. are six areas of body wellness, which, uh, I think are the basis of proper healthy functioning. Okay. So before you list the six uh, that we're going to go through, um, because I know how much you have to offer and I know the time we have, I don't think we're going to manage to cover everything properly. So what I recommend is right before you're doing the list is that I offer the listeners that if anybody wants us to focus more on one of the six or two of the six or three of the six, whatever you want to hear about, we could start with those and see how much we cover. So if you want to hear 
as Rabbi Dr. Nussel is going to say right after the ad break, he's going to say what are the six main uh, challenges we face and we see, and then you could send in your SMS or your telegram or your message just to say, oh, oh I'd like to hear about number one, number two, three, etc. So the SMS line is 34519. Send us an SMS to 34519 or a Telegram, 061-895-1019. Short break, and we will be right back. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. 101.9 Hi FM, Hi We are back in a discussion conversation with Rabbi Dr. David Nussel, who is a general practitioner, but however, as we said, he takes the current situation and makes it better. It doesn't only fix us and brings us back to normal. And we, right before the break, we spoke about touching base on the main six categories, we'd say, of challenges we face. And if any of the listeners, if you want to comment on any of the six, if you want us to expand more on any of these lists, please, 34519 is the SMS line, 34519, or Telegram, 061-895-1019. And we will expand a bit more. Any question, anything you would like to ask, uh, Rabbi Dr. Nussel. Okay, so I'm going to hand over to you. What are the six main things you are seeing in your clinics? Okay, so let's go. Bef- should I? Uh, can I just read you one question and then you can go? Sure. Okay, or two questions. I don't know. Okay, maybe I'll I'll, I'll give you a second. Go through the six and then we'll go. Okay, uh, quite some messages are coming in, so we will. Go through the six, and then we will get back to the messages. Okay. So the six main areas, and let's, if we go back to medical school, uh, we can call it metabolism. So we're talking about metabolism, which is a wonderful word. It's a code word. I'm sure everybody's familiar with the word. Um, what it actually means or signifies is the biochemistry of the body, how the body produces from food, the necessary fuels to um, fun- to make the body function. So metabolism has six primary areas of functioning. And I divide them into further, further divide them into two. The first three are cell growth and the second three are cell maintenance. And the first three of cell growth are one, energy production, taking the food that we put into our bodies and converting it into usable fuel. Uh, we could say the ESCOM of the body, although I don't know if that's necessarily a wise uh, thing to say. Scary with uh, all the load shedding. Yes, I see some also load shedding also in my practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that takes place in a cell organelle called the mitochondria. The mitochondria are responsible for taking in the various food items and converting them into usable biological energy. And if there's a depletion of that process, of course, then we're like a cell phone running on 15%, 5%, and certain apps start closing down. And that's what often happens when there's a mitochondrial uh, dysfunction or lack of uh, functionality. Well, if we use that analogy, does our body also have the default apps that will go first and then other ones? Um, yes, it does. Okay. So you, so based on the apps in the human body that are closing, you'll know to direct the challenge? It most certainly. We could say that some of the pathways of the pharmaceuticals is to switch on alternative apps. 
Okay. So that would be a, a very good... Um, so instead of getting more energy, energy, we're just downloading another app. That's right. Call it methylphenidate, which is Ritalin. That's what it's doing. Okay, we don't want the lines to collapse if we talk about Ritalin, <laughs> but we'll see. And Craig has mentioned that we do know, need to go to another ad break, short ad break. We, I know we just started and we haven't even mentioned. Maybe we can go through the first one of the six and then we'll do the ad break. Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. 101.9, we are back in a fascinating discussion with Rabbi Dr. David Nussel about the improving health, improving functioning uh, and behavior through uh, improving our health and bodies. Uh, before we continue in the discussion, and, and you mentioned the six main topics that you see, right before the break, I did um, say that you're going to go through the six main topics of the challenges that we have. And you'll go through them and any comments, SMSs, uh, anybody would like us to expand, which some, some did come through, which we'll get to shortly. Uh, 34519 is the SMS line. 0618951019 is the telegram line. And also, this has also come as well. If you want to know ahead of time who's going to be the guest on this show, you could just message your name to 34519 as SMS line or 0618951019 and you will get a link to a WhatsApp group that will be posted, uh, the next speaker, who's going to be, so you could prepare, listen, and be focused to gain as much as you can from this amazing show. So going back to our discussion, we said the six things. Number one, you went through already, which is the... the Energy production. Energy, energy production, exactly, and making sure that the, the cells get everything they need in order to to function, uh, with the analogy is that when we don't have that, our apps start closing down, uh, etc., Right. What is the next one? The second one is use of vitamins. Vitamins, okay. by definition, are those uh, aspects of our diet, of our nutrition, which we cannot synthesize ourselves. They have to be imported. They have to be brought in from the outside. And we have to have the necessary uh, genetic um, ability to use those vitamins efficiently. And that very, very common to have a, a inefficiency in the use of vitamins, particularly vitamin D, often vitamin C, sometimes vitamin B12. Um, so, so when you say lack of vitamins and lack of what we need in order to function, I, I wonder what you're taking us on this. And I've had a discussion with a, a doctor from overseas about it, and he, he says that sometimes – you have somebody eating all the vitamins that they need and getting all the vitamins, but because they're eating too much, too fast, the body cannot absorb it properly, and it's just going out. And it, lack of vitamins is not necessarily because somebody is not getting them. It could be that they're in the system, but they're not absorbing, and they're going right out because of a different challenge or because just of eating habits. That um, His analogy was a washing machine. If you put too much clothes in the washing machine, it won't get to all the laundry. And if you put too much food in your stomach, it won't... I guess, go everywhere. It's, the energy won't be taken apart properly, and you will lose some of it. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. I think that's very well said. So it's not only about buying the right vitamins. You also need to see how to use them that they will be absorbed in the body. No question. No okay. question. Uh, like every uh, – maybe it's a bit of a generalization, but like most things in life, it's not necessarily the more, the better. 
It's not a matter. It's not a matter of quantity. It's a matter of the right amount of the good stuff. That is relevant on so many levels. I can't even address. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we said two out of six. What is the next category? You would say the third of the first group, which is cell growth, is something that um, you might have heard of. Some of the listeners might have heard of. It's a, become a bit of a buzzword in people who are involved in trying to understand the metabolism of the human body, and the word is methylation, methylation. Okay. For those of us who have no idea, <laughs> what is it? All right. So let me share with you uh, just some of the fascination of uh, human, the human body, uh, human biology or biology in general. Okay. So methylation sounds complicated, and uh, the truth is that it's very, very simple. Methylation is the process whereby the body builds on itself. The body increases and adds to itself. So to go a little bit uh, more in detail. Is that what we call healing itself as well? It's part, well, I, I, uh, the, the category of healing, healing I'm putting under oxidative stress, which will be the sixth of the, of the six categories. So, um, all of these are interrelated, but it's not primarily healing. It's more building cell growth. Okay. And if we're not methylating well, we're going to battle to grow properly. Let me give you an analogy. If I write a letter in the old days, there used to be something called pen and paper. And we used it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that, that's because you, you're similar to my I'm, age. That's, I think that's too, why you heard about I'm it. I'm so old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're catching up to me. Okay, so we'll I, used to, uh, yeah, uh, I used to, I, in fact, I still in my practice, I still use pen and paper, interestingly enough. Uh, pen and paper. Paper is the medium where we uh, communicate. And if we wanted to write a letter, we'd have one a blank piece of paper, which we'd write on. We, if we wanted to send it off, we'd put it in another piece of paper called an envelope. And if we wanted to send it off to where we wanted to get to, we need one more piece of paper. It's called a postage stamp. It's a little piece of paper, but without that postage stamp, it ain't going to go to where we addressed the envelope containing the letter. It won't get to where we wanted to get to. That is an analogy to the human, the human body because the human body is primarily made out of a atom, an element called carbon. We are essentially okay. made out of carbon. And our whole bodies are that piece of paper with some envelopes. And if we want to get the molecules of life, which are carbon-based, and we want to get them to where they need to go to, we need to have one more carbon, which we add on to the molecule. That single carbon is called a methyl group. And if we want to add that single carbon onto the molecule that we want to transport, we have to methylate that molecule. Okay. And in order to do that, we have to have a bit of a sticky back to that stamp. We have to have the enzymes which are able to put that stamp onto the envelope. We have to be able to methylate. And methylation is, there's a lot of methylation defects, uh, weaknesses that are um, very, very common. Like? So let me share with you two 
since we are getting into some deep biochemistry. Yeah, we shouldn't because we said we'll go through the six, but I can't control myself. So oh. if you have anything for impulsivity, we'll have to discuss <laughs> afterwards. But for now, you'll have to just go a bit deeper. Well, I tell you, it won't be methylation. <laughs> but I'll tell you some two fascinating um, things that come out of a bit of knowledge of methylation of the biochemistry. The one is there's a hormone in the body that we're all familiar with, with and uh, – uh, we all know about. I'm sure you're going to get messages about it. It's called serotonin. Can I read the message I got already about it? I think maybe before Go you address it. it. So somebody messaged. Let me look for it. Uh, between the messages. Give me a second. So about serotonin. So he writes. I know it's a Yeah, I can see by the name it's E. Hi. Is low serotonin something that can be genetic? Regards, Avram. Okay. Thank you for that question. Okay. Okay. The answer is Definitely. <laughs> definitely, yes. definitely, definitely. So if a father has a challenge, it, definitely. definitely he could, he may see it with his child. Definitely. Okay. okay. When oh, we it's... when we finish with all the six, and uh, hopefully we can get your program to be extended by a few hours. I'm sure it's not difficult <laughs> to arrange. Or weeks and months, yeah. <laughs> but we could talk about that. All of these six are run by me- genetics. Okay. The genetics control all six. So every one of these, if there's a sluggishness or if there's an inefficiency, it's actually rooted in a genetic inefficiency. So so let's go back to the serotonin, and right. I'll just read one more question that came in. I would love to know about uh, – okay, this lady, she writes as a teacher and a mother. Um, she wants to know about – Okay, one second. She just sent another message. So she wants to know about uh, ADHD. What can I do and not do uh, to improve my students' and children's lives? Um, and I just thought before we go into serotonin, I think that's an important thing to have in mind. Can I respond to that straight away? Okay. Continue listening to this program. <laughs> that's what okay. you can do. Here's the continuation <laughs> of the message. Okay. Uh, thank you for the answer. What, what doctor says can trauma change my... Uh, methylation and how can i guess fix that beautifully okay these are very good questions okay i hope we get back to that question i'll okay. so now i'll keep quiet oh, yeah, no. i'll try i'll um, try my best <laughs> in, in case we don't get back because it, it can happen that i uh, that i don't get a chance to uh, respond so let me quickly on that we cannot change the genes okay that's not we're not capable of that we're not able to yet so no we cannot change if a person has um, inefficient methylation genes, things like MTHFR, um, we cannot change that. But we can change on the level of the enzymes which those genes code for. And so we can give methylated substances like methylcobalamin or methyl tetrahydrofolate, which are methylated vitamins which will make up for the genetic inefficiency. So, right. That also was caused by. Um, trauma and, and external stuff or only by the genetic originals? Combination. It's a okay. combination. There's a, the genetic susceptibility compounded by a life event, which often is a, is, is a um, psych, psychological trauma, but not necessarily. It can also be physical or mental traumas as well, okay. uh, which, which would also put the body under more stress and place those already low-functioning genes under more stress. Okay, so okay, so let's go back to the serotonin and right. where we were. Okay. So we are back with the exciting um, adventures of uh, methylation, and I wanted to bring 
two examples of how profound the ability to methylate is. Uh, the first one is taking serotonin, which is also called the happy hormone. And if we methylate serotonin, which means we add that extra postage stamp, that extra carbon, that single carbon group, a methyl group, onto serotonin, we get another fascinating molecule, which I'm sure you've all heard of as well. I wonder if any of you know what I'm going to say. Suspense. Is there an ad break happening now? No. no. Right. So I'll tell Not you, it's melatonin. Okay. Melatonin. It even sounds similar for us who like to have the alliterative effect. Serotonin, which is methylated, becomes melatonin. And melatonin is as natural to the body as is serotonin. The only difference is that melatonin allows us to fall asleep. Exactly. So is it the same chemical and the opposite? Or is it two different things produced by the same? Yeah. So it's very, very unusual that a biological pathway will take something and change it into the opposite. Usually enhances it. And methylation enhances serotonin. So part of the function of the happy hormone is to have a happy sleep. So it will change its action on the body from giving a mood-elevating effect to a calming and to a different falling asleep okay. effect, so it's sleep a induction. Production, but it's from yes, the same source. That's okay. exactly right. Yeah. So, and that's why we will see so many times people struggling with the same exact things. Also with serotonin by day and melatonin by night. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And the second example is a perhaps even more relevant, is there is a neurotransmitter, which means a chemical, biochemical, which is used by the what's called the sympathetic nervous system to get us excited, to get us going. It's called the fight, flight, and fright phenomenon of the sympathetic nervous system, and it uses a, a chemical called noradrenaline noradrenaline and so if we have a lot of noradrenaline we build up butterflies in the tummy and we're ready to go we might even be uh, i controlled myself for half an hour and didn't (laughs) say once anxiety but now i have to and now okay that's right that's right you can imagine the plethora of effects that happen when there's an oversurge of noradrenaline and um if we which is the panic attacks we're talking about right. and anxiety. And right. Exactly. And okay. the attention deficit. Attention deficit. Okay. Noradrenaline belongs to a pathway of substances called the catecholamines, which include things like dopamine. They um, move through a series of biomedical, um, uh, biochemical uh, conversions to become noradrenaline. And then they need one more conversion from noradrenaline to something called adrenaline. How does something go from noradrenaline to adrenaline? Okay. Maybe just in a moment the differences between the noradrenaline and adrenaline. Right. The difference is anxiety, attention deficit, and focus. Because adrenaline allows us to get where we need to get to. It's the, also the end of the pathway of the catecholamines, 
and it gives us the focus and the, re, uh, the, uh, the, the, the energy and the clarity and the um, sharpness which allows us to get the tasks done that we need to do. Without the flooding of the noradrenaline. That's exactly right. Okay. And how do we get from noradrenaline to adrenaline? Okay. That's where we should go for an ad break, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> Let's go to oh, no, the million-dollar question. The, no, the, yeah, so, not so much million dollars, but uh, yeah. It's a, a lot of millions. A lot of million dollars, <laughs> and that is through methylation. Okay. If you methylate noradrenaline, you get adrenaline. So these things have very far-reaching effects. And um, methylation is also involved in other processes as well. I just wanted to use that as a, uh, you know, just a taste of the magnificence of these um, insights to how the body works. And with that, we've reached the end of the first three uh, essential categories of metabolic wellness, which allows cells to grow. Okay, so I think let's leave the next three for after the ad break, because for now, I'd like to discuss a bit about because uh, I, th- I think the third one is, is what everybody is, you know, uh, if I'm in reality with society today, which I hope I am, um, that's what everybody's is thinking. Okay, my panic attacks, my ADHD, concentration, um, serotonin, melatonin, all these things. Let's talk about and bring it down a bit to a practical right. uh, um when it's not an extreme that somebody needs to come to for, to you for an intervention or somebody needs to go for the – what are um, simple practical things that we can look at that will give us that, you know, improvement or something? Or as one of the questions came in on, on a, a, through Telegram is what should I do or not do to support that within my – for my students and my kids? Okay. So the, the truth is that it would be a little bit – easier for me to answer that question if uh, I I did go through the second set of three because that's much more amenable to therapy, to okay. correction. I'll do it very quickly. I want to use the same amount of time as it for the first okay, three. Okay, so let's go through it. Um, because it's about cell maintenance. The cell growth issues are much more profound. Those are sick. That's when there's a lot of a lot of illness, early children, very young children. There's mitochondrial problems. There's vitamin issues. There are uh, methylation issues. That, that, that can cause a lot of a lot of pathology. Uh, and I think most of what we sing and what we want to what be interested to the listeners is more um, when it's not as profound. And that's when the issues are more on the cell maintenance. And there are three processes which help the body maintain wellness. The first one is inflammatory control. Okay. The second one is detoxification. Okay. And the third one is oxidative stress, which is basically healing. And those three we can definitely uh, treat in a very easy way. Okay. And that's not antibiotics necessarily. No. Okay. So that we, we, so maybe we do need to go into that in, right after the ad break. In the meantime, just a reminder, if you want to hear more about any of these, uh, metabolic challenges that we need to discuss more in depth, please send in your SMS to 34519 or Telegram 0618951019. As well, if you want to get access to a weekly message of who's going to be in the show so you can, you know, prepare your questions, be focused, uh, everything we, we're going to learn today about how to stay concentrating while we do listen uh, and focus on things, just send a message to 34519 as the SMS line or 061-895-1019 here with 
uh, Rabbi Dr. David Nussel. Short break, and we will be right back. Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. 101.9 Chai FM, Chai Rabbi We are back and in the middle of a very interesting, fascinating discussion with Rabbi Dr. David Nussel discussing the metabolic uh, challenges that we are facing. We went through the first three in kind of uh, depth and the, right before the ad break, Rabbi Dr. Nussel mentioned the second three uh, regarding the inflammatory, sorry, difficult words in English, and um the detox. The, the detox and the oxidative, the oxidative exactly, right. and the healing. So I just want to go a drop more uh, to understand that, and then we're going to have to go towards the end of the show already into practical manners of what we can do to improve our lives in a very simple way. Um, any questions, anything you would like to know, or if you would like to know who's going to be on the show in the next few weeks, uh, we will let you know by 34519 as SMS line, 061-895-1019, just to be up to date in all the information you can get. Um, okay, so, in, inflammatory, we started with that. Right. So, inflammation, interestingly enough, is controlled also by our genes. As I mentioned um, previously, all of these six processes are gene-driven. And we get our genes from, obviously, um, our parents, and that's what we got. And there are genes which control the inflammatory response. And if our genes are very efficient... So we are very um, healthy in our response to injury and infection and uh, um, irritation. And a mosquito, when it bites us, the mosquito gets inflamed and we fine. Um, and there's not really much issue. Then there's those of us who are a little bit more uh, impacted. Our genes are less efficient. And uh, when you get a mosquito bite, it gets uh, we- uh, it swells up and it becomes a wheel. Um, is it less developed at younger ages, and that's where we get more infections and consistently? Right. Well, it's it, it it's probably more not so much that it's less developed. It's more it's more demanded when we're young. The metabolic demands on the body are greater, okay. and so that's where most uh, of these. I was hoping to feel good about my age <laughs> with one thing, but okay, I guess not. <laughs> okay, and then there's people who are severely inefficient in their inflammatory control and so they're going to battle they're going to battle when they have um, foods which are in of themselves pro-inflammatory but again if we belong to the first category we can eat whatever we eat we can eat i remember when i was a youngster somebody uh, when i used to be very interested in reading the guinness book of records um, i remember somebody who was in the guinness book of records for having swallowed and eaten an entire bicycle so he, he had a pretty good he had a pretty good uh, immune system, but um, some of us are less less able, and we will be impacted upon by certain foods. There are pro-inflammatory foods, and this I'm sure is well-known um, uh, knowledge. The first um, one is dairy. Dairy, you know, people who uh, are pr- are prone to in- be inflamed will will be inflamed by taking in milk. Right. So I think the two that we all pretty mm. much are, know is about dairy and about gluten. Right. What are the other ones that we need to look out for? 
So interestingly, uh, soya is also quite immunogenic. It's okay. So um, that's also an interesting one. And then things, like here we go, uh, what we call junk food. And some people say that's a um, contradiction in terms, junk food, <laughs> it's oxymoron. If it's junk, it's not food, and if it's food, it's not junk. But there's uh, such a thing called… They should come to us for a meal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I cook, my wife's an amazing cook. I'm yeah, talking about me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So um, it's full of colorants and it's cool, full of uh, artificial flavorants and all and preservatives and those things are immuno uh, are causing they're pro-inflammatory, and so again if you can swallow a bicycle you'll probably be able to eat junk food, but if you battling a little bit and you have pro you have uh, inflammatory uh, predisposition an inflammatory predisposition I wouldn't uh, one would should be careful about Junk food, and the final one is refined sugars. Refined sugars are um, spur on the inflammatory system, and so those are the five. So, if you're saying five. that my child is getting consistent ear infections or keeps on getting needing antibiotics or whatever it is, then I must cut down on the junk food and the crisp and sugar at home. Definitely. Definitely, yes. Uh, definitely. Okay, so specifically when a child's younger, not only that they will not complain about it, about the junk food, they would be loving it and addicted to it or or really interested. As parents, we need to look out for that and kind of say, okay, so if we have a child in that situation, we must, uh, I guess, clear out our houses. Yes, I would make it would certainly help. Um, and the degree to which we do that is dependent on, I guess, the practitioner and the the, the parents and the child. Um, I myself uh, am not so much of a black and white, uh, um, you know, advise. I don't advise black and white, you know, ban them completely, but certainly reduce them as much as possible. It would probably be fair to say that the body can digest everything if it's in a minimum or small amount, unless there's an allergy or something. But generally you could handle, but when it becomes too much, that's when it's a problem. Right, right. Okay. And um, what's interesting is another subject, but it's worthwhile quickly mentioning, is that there's a relationship, I think, a strong relationship between these metabolic maintenance processes that's a mouthful, and mood and behavior. So it's not by coincidence that we talk about an inflamed behavior. Okay. They are related. <laughs> they are related. A, a person who is inflamed is going to be overexcited and overstimulated. Yeah. And when one che- treats the inflammation on a metabolic, metabolic level, it actually will impact the, inf- the behaviors as well. And it will, what we would call in medicine a, a, a mood stabilizer? Right. It's so part, a part of mood part, stabilizer. Part of mood yeah. stabilizer. Okay. Yeah. As someone said, I have no problem with moods. I have a lot of them. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so that we can handle. Uh, let's go back to, to maybe, because we do need to start wrapping up and ending the show. I know, I wish we had much more time. I really did do. And uh, perhaps we're going to have to, in a few weeks, make some time for us again. Sure. Uh, however, when it does come to practical behavior, so we said if you see your child is, is getting sick more often or if he's having a hard time with mood stabilizing or if he's having a hard time with uh, keeping calm or falling asleep, then we did speak about these intoxicating foods that are important to start. Um, and, and again, we're not talking about an extreme situation. Then you go to 
the doctor, um, Rabbi Dr. Nussel, or your doctor, to discuss something about in, when it's not out of control. So that's one thing we need to look at. What else would you recommend on a practical level that we need to look at? Yes, so I think that uh, obviously the, the, f- the, f- the first thing is uh, what fuels we're taking into our body and uh, that will uh, impact our behaviors. Um, and th- the other things which are also very well known uh, are general health measures, um, lots of uh, time outside, lots of exercise, lots of um, good healthy behavior. Uh, I think that's well known. I think that, uh, so we actually didn't even speak about that, and we ran out of time, and we have to go for an ad break. But when we come back, I do want to touch base a drop about exercise and things because we live in a country that we drive everywhere. Kids don't go out. We don't run enough. We don't move enough. We, we Our steps are very shadow, especially post-COVID, which we didn't even say once, and anything about COVID, which is, uh, yeah, I think um, a lot more to cover. So let's take a short ad break, and then we have like one or two minutes. Um, and if you want uh, Rabbi Dr. to comment on what you have to say, or if you want to be added to know who's going to be our next speakers on the show, 34519 is SMS line, 061-895-1019 is Telegram. Short ad break, and we will be right back. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. 101.9, Hi FM, Hi FM, Rabbi G. We are back. Okay. So another question came in. I'm not sure we're going to manage to um, reply, but I'm just going to read the question. What does Dr. Nussel think about uh, chermeric, um and okay, turmeric? Turmeric, yeah, yeah. turmeric. It didn't come in clear. I don't know what's happening mm-hmm. here. So um, okay, so and I, what? Yeah, you want can to I answer? answer okay. Let me use. It. I think we, you say we got a, a minute or two left. So perhaps I can use that as a right. So turmeric, and I'm just going to. Show you, the, okay, one second. Before you answer. Okay. So, okay, so just let's, let's stick with that. Uh, if you can reply to that. Sorry, just a bit of a technical thing that came in here. And then we will, um, yeah, just if you want to comment on that for, uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Three seconds, go for it. All right. So here, here's a question that's come in. Uh, what do I think about, uh, turmeric, turmeric or curcumin for inflammation? Um, so that's a very, uh, very useful question for me as uh, as uh, as we run out of time. So I, I think it's important to recognize that there are essentially three areas of wellness or three degrees of wellness or the lack thereof that needs to be understood. The one is the robust person who can generally handle things, occasionally get sick, occasionally doesn't feel great, but generally they'll get better whether they continue eating okay. bicycles or not eating bicycles. Okay. The, that we don't have. And they also need to get out and they have to have, a, you know, sunshine vitamin and they have to eat well. So I think that that's well known and, and, and we don't need to speak about that much more. Then there's a second middle group, which are, they have a, they have an inefficiency and they, um, they fall, they're getting ill a bit too often. And they are dealing with uh, issues of inflammation which f- spill out into the skin and they're getting eczema and uh, spilling out into the respiratory system and they're getting asthma and it's spilling out into the gastrointestinal system and they're getting inflammatory bowel disease. They, it's now starting to impact their wellness and their functionality. That's the time when we need to intervene. And there is a beautiful, there are two ways, there are three ways of intervening. The first way is diet. 
The third way is medication. And the second way is nutritional supplements. Okay. And it'll depend on the urgency and the severity of the inflammatory insult or the inflammatory uh, problem or the toxification or the toxicity or the oxidative stress, the problem healing, which we use. My feeling is that diet, very, very useful, but its main role is in maintenance, maintenance, maintaining wellness. But to replenish and to uh, uh, heal, it doesn't have the sufficient in general. So that's then, the answer then, to the question. That's the, the, then we okay. have to step up. We have to step up to um, to um, nutritional supplements and very good anti-inflammatories are okay. curcumin. So yeah. Yeah. We do have to end just in 10 seconds. Where's the line cross between somebody who listens to the show and takes the advice and uh, says, okay, I'm going to implement this at home, and the line that he says, no, it's not enough. You need to come see a doctor or you or any other doctor. And to add to that, how can people find you, a website uh, and sure. any way to get to you if they do want to come for consultation? Right. I think the line is when it's bothering my day-to-day -day function. I'm not achieving that which I need to achieve. I'm being held back. That's the time to see somebody. How do they find you? I'm on a website called drdavidnossel.co.za, doctor with DR, drdavidnossel.co.za. Thank you so much, Dr. Nossel, for being here. Uh, I do think it was too short and we do need to discuss, but it was very, very valuable. The recording will be on the website later on in the week. Please, God. And... Really fascinating, amazing. Thank you to the listeners. Thank you, Craig, for doing such a great job in managing the show, running the show from beginning to end, and for telling me to wrap up now. And that's what we are going to do. So have a great week, and we will see you, please, or meet you on this show next week, 2 to 3, Monday, Chai Chinuch, Rabaji, 101.9 Chai FM, Chai Chinuch. We will be back next week.